Hello, Colts fans, and welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. My name is Joe Hopkins. With me is Mike Chappell, and it is another glorious Victory Monday in Indianapolis, Indiana. Today on the podcast, we're going to recap the Colts' nail-biting overtime win over the Green Bay Packers. We'll discuss takeaways, injuries, and what this game means for a surging Colts team. But first, we'll start with the news, and speaking of surging, COVID-19 continues to make its way throughout the NFL. ESPN reported today, Monday, that the Ravens had multiple positive tests for COVID-19, and their facility is shut down. The team learned of the positive tests last night and has been communicating with the league per the report. Of course, the Ravens lost to the Titans in overtime on Sunday, and the Colts are scheduled to play the Titans this upcoming week for division leads. So uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone. We'll be providing updates as the situation develops. Um, I know a couple of the Ravens to test positive so far, Mark Ingram and other running back, J.K. Dobbins. So uh, we'll definitely have to keep an eye on that. And hopefully it does not affect the Titans for the Colts game this Sunday. Uh, more news around the league. Players and coaches and fans giving their well wishes to Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow. The first overall pick suffered a major knee injury on Sunday versus Washington. NFL.com's Ian Rappaport uh, said that the initial diagnosis is a torn ACL, but there may be more damage. Uh, further testing will reveal the full extent of the damage. But you got to feel bad for Joey B. Uh, Joey Burrow, he's a guy who plays with a lot of guts out there. He's a guy who has been having an excellent start to his rookie campaign. He throws, I believe he averaged the most passing attempts per game in the NFL, uh, put the team on his back and just no offensive line around him. And really, as a Colts fan, he reminds me of Andrew Luck, both first overall picks, very talented quarterbacks who had at least individual success in the rookie seasons. You hope that it doesn't turn out for Burrow like it did for Luck and that he can recover and come back at full strength. But you got to feel for the kid, huh, Mike? Yeah, it's funny. I was just watching snippets of that game, waiting for the Colts game. And there was a play early. I didn't the knee injury, but there was a play earlier where he was either scrambling or whatever down by the goal line and just got blown up. Uh, by a linebacker nailed him. This kid, uh, it, it's one thing to say, yeah, he's a tough kid. He can take a hit. Well, like you mentioned, as we saw, that's good and bad. Uh, you, you could argue very much that the Colts beat foot Andrew Luck with all they put him through. So it's one thing to show your toughness. It's another thing to have these things happen. And, and you know, again, you, you hope that he comes back as strong as ever. It may take a little time with the knee and see how serious it is. Maybe it lingers into next year, but Boy, this kid is shown to be worthy of the number one pick you. And this is a franchise that, that he's your centerpiece. So uh, you're there, there, fingers crossed, that this is an injury that he comes back from and kind of picks up where he left off. Yeah, hopefully he can get back and become better than ever. Uh, wishing all the best for Burrow. Now on to the Colts game. This is what you're listening to the podcast for. It was an exciting game from the start. I mean, Packers, their first drive, they quickly make their way down the field, make it to the Colts' 38-yard line when 
Green Bay fumbles the quarterback center exchange. It's recovered by Darius Leonard. First down Colts and Colts fans, they're hyped. First, first drive of the game, they get a turnover. Darius Leonard's marching down the field with the ball in his hands, and we're excited. Colts, first down at the 39. Very first play, some foreshadowing here. Naheem Hines' catcher run of 15 yards is called back due to a holding penalty on the Raven Clark, who is playing because of an injury to right tackle Braden Smith. Smith uh, suffered a thumb injury during the week in practice and was a surprise scratch on Sunday. Frank Wright had previously said he'd be able to play. That ended up not being the case. So they had Raven Clark and Chaz Green almost splitting snaps out there on the offensive line. Third down, still the first drive. Colts have the ball. Rivers hits Mo Alleycox for a first down gain. But Alleycox fumbles the ball away right back into the Packers' hands. First down, Green Bay near midfield. A pair of fumbles starts the game. Green Bay now goes 51 yards in seven plays. They score their first points of the game on a 25-yard pass to Indiana State's Robert Tanyan, 7 to nothing Packers. But the Colts will quickly answer after a 13-yard pass, 13 pass to T.Y. Hilton on third and 12 and a 19-yard rush by DeMichael Harris. Rivers hit rookie Michael Pittman Jr. for a 45-yard catch-and-run touchdown. Pittman Jr.'s first career touchdown and the Colts' longest touchdown from scrimmage of the season. It is now 7-7 seven to seven ball game. The teams then keep, you know, they, they, they kind of were copycats to start the game. They traded punts. So fumble, fumble, touchdown, touchdown, punt, punt. And now Green Bay now has the ball. Um, time running out in the first quarter, about a minute left in the first quarter there. Aaron Rodgers on first and 20 is intercepted by Rocky Sin. Really a great play by Yassin, his first interception of the year. Uh, he was kind of playing up in coverage and then dropped back, and his speed allowed him to get back to the football. Almost looked like he baited Rivers. I'm sorry, Rodgers on that one. That's probably not <laughs> going to be the first time my tongue slips with Ridgers and Rodgers. But, Mike, what did you think of Yassin's interception on that play? Yeah, it was sort of like it was a feast or famine day for him. Because those are the game where Rodgers went deep to uh... – Adams right side against so that and, and later on we had the at the end of the half the the awful uh 50 yard dpi on you see but that's kind of what he is he, he he's an he's a player and he's a great play and that's what you've got to do on rogers he's not generally going to just put put him up there to be gotten you have to kind of earn it and i thought like you said i think he, he did a good job of bait baiting him Letting, I think he jammed Adams early, and then he fell back into in, in, in front of the, the other receiver for the for interception. Yeah, this would set the Colts up now to start the drive on Green Bay's 35. But they gain a whopping three yards and end up setting Rodrigo Blankenship up for a 50-yard field goal, his longest attempt of the season, and it would hit – Your the, guy. Your guy. My guy. <laughs> it would hit the cross beam. Inches away from hitting the 50-yarder. No good. The Colts now have zero points to show for two Green Bay turnovers. Listen, Rodrigo Blankenship is a lot of things. He's, he's a celebrity. He's a consistent kicker. Uh, he's clutch. But he may not have the biggest leg in the league, and it showed up on this one. Uh, Mike, is, is, are these long field goals a bit of a question mark or a concern with Blankenship? 
No, I mean, because he, he's not had a lot of it. That was his first 50-yarder. We've seen him hit these in practice. I, I was watching him before the game, and I realized warm-ups are different, but he, he attempted a 50-yarder. I'm telling you, he had 10 yards uh, to, to, to spare on it. So, uh, of all the things I worry about with him, length is not one of them. I'm, I, you know, I'm thinking maybe he leaks it right or left, but I was surprised that he, that he left it short. I don't the length leg strength is any question at all. I think that was just one of those that he didn't quite hit it like he wanted to. Just didn't quite get it quite right. Well, um, the Colts now, after the field goal miss, the Packers take over and go 40. They take over at their 40. They go 60 yards in six plays, make it 14 to seven on a two yards Aaron Jones touchdown run. On the ensuing drive, first play, Philip Rivers' pass over the middle is tipped at the line of scrimmage, intercepted by a Packers linebacker. Green Bay starts at Indy's 29, and in four plays, they score on Devontae Adams. Touchdown from five yards out. It's now all of a sudden 21-7 to Packers with a little under eight minutes left before the half. But the Colts, they got the answer they needed. They go 75 yards on 12 plays. It's capped off by a diving Trey Burton touchdown catch in the end zone from 17 yards out. That drive took nearly six minutes off of the clock, but it wasn't enough. One score game, a little under two minutes left. Aaron Rodgers, that's plenty of time for him. And he took the Packers 75 yards in six plays. Uh, it was aided by a 51-yard pass interference penalty on Rocky Sin that you had mentioned earlier. Uh, it was third and one when Rodgers went deep to Valdez, Scantling. There was some hand fighting going on. I mean, he definitely grabbed Valdez's arm. I've seen more contact not be called down the field. Maybe I'm just being a homer on that one. Um, it's kind of one of those where you could see it go either way. But I've seen I've seen rougher defense not be called down the field. I think the fact that he's he he did sort of have a pretty good grip, or not a grip, but but he but he had uh, the, his right arm sort of pinned. Uh, but but Rogers is so good at those those deep almost hail mary type passes and and he puts he puts your corners in safe positions and in this case i i thought it was a good i didn't know, know about it initially replay i thought he had his arm pinned pretty good yeah definitely not the worst penalty called on the colts all year um they would end up scoring after the penalty jamal williams uh touchdown pass from rogers Packers up by two touchdowns at the break. The Colts get the ball to start the second half, and they're driving first and goal at the Packers' 10. But Phillip Rivers takes a sack on second down. That would force them to settle for a field goal, 28-17. to 17. The Colts' defense really, really stepped up in the second half. They forced a three and out on Aaron Rodgers in the Packers' first drive. Next drive for Indianapolis, Indy converts critical downs of fourth and one and then third and one to eventually set up a six yard Jack Doyle touchdown spikes the ball. Naheem Hines two point conversion attempt is good. 28 to 25. Now Packers lead shaved down to just three points and we have a ball game. The Colts D again forces a three and out second in a row and Indianapolis has the ball with a chance to take their first lead of the game. Rivers in the offense start the drive at the 50 but after three first downs, the drive stalls at Green Bay's 14, and they settle for yet another field goal. They tie the ball game 28-28 to 28 all. 
On the very next kickoff, the Packers would fumble, recovered by Indianapolis at the 28. On third and two now, Jonathan Taylor breaks one up the middle for a 20-yard touchdown, but a holding call, and Zach Paschal brings it back. The Colts settle for three points yet again. It's 31-28 Indianapolis. They take the lead, but you got to be thinking about the Taylor run up the middle. Um, I mean, I mean, it was definitely a penalty on Pascal. The penalty helped spring Taylor, but man, these these holding calls added up in this one. Seven or eight. Uh, we'll we'll get to the one series a little bit later soon, but it it's to line. I think Quentin Nelson had three in yeah. the game. And you just, they're just, it, no, it's very difficult to overcome first. And, and gosh, on that one series we'll talk about, it, it was like third and 19, second and 30. Uh, every good play you're looking for, you're looking for a flag. And that's just, it, it's just, I guess, sloppy by the Colts because that's that's generally not who they are. But in this second half, the, the penalties really stunk bad. Yeah, uncharacteristic for them on what's usually a pretty clean team, at least penalty-wise. There's now a little under nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Packers driving to the Colts' 34-yard line, down three. But on fourth and one, the Colts get pressure on Aaron Rodgers, who's rolling to his left. Uh, He just kind of has to float it out there for Jamal Williams, who's pretty well covered himself. It falls incomplete. Colts take over up three. That drive took nearly six minutes off of the clock. So there's a little over three minutes left. Colts regain possession at their 34-yard line and basically just need to run the clock out at this point. Possession, they have the lead, run the clock out, and the game's over. First play, Marcus Johnson takes a short pass over the middle for 14 yards. Great start. Then Jonathan Taylor up the middle. Holding call on Green Bay, five yards in the Colts' favor. They'll take that. Very next play, too many men on the field for Green Bay. That's another five yards. Colts now at Green Bay's 42-yard line with two minutes and 17 seconds left. And here's where things just go haywire. Jonathan Taylor run for seven yards, but there's a holding call on Michael Pittman Jr. That brings him back. Now first and 20 at Indy's 48. Taylor up the middle again, but holding call on Mark Lewinsky. Declined, but it stops the clock. All right. Wilkins up the middle for a yard, but illegal motion on Zach Paschal. Again, it's declined, but it also stops the clock. It's now third and 19, and there's still two minutes and four seconds remaining. Short pass to Jordan Wilkins goes for 15 yards. All right, now we have a fourth and four at Green Bay's 36. The Colts, you know what they're going to do. Frank Wright goes for it. They convert a 14-yard pass to Naheem Hines. Packers take their first time out with a minute 55 remaining. And Mike, at this point in the game, I'm thinking it's over. First down Colts at Green Bay's 23. You know, you think e- even if they don't get another first down, they can just three straight runs, make Green Bay use their timeouts. They'll kick the field goal to go up six, probably a little under a minute remaining for Rodgers, maybe 40 seconds or so, something like that. And you're making them score a touchdown. Not what happens at all. Jonathan Taylor up the middle for six yards on first down, but holding on Mark Lewinsky again. Stops the clock, and it brings up second and 20. Taylor for nine yards this time off the right side, but holding again. This time on Quentin Nelson and Chaz Green. Uh, it, it backs him up and stops the clock. Now they go with J- 
Jordan Wilkins. He runs for four yards, no penalty this time. Packers take their second timeout. We're now looking at a third and 26 at Green Bay's 39-yard line with a minute and 36 seconds still left on the clock. The Colts decide to throw the ball, probably hoping to get a few more yards for a Blankenship field goal. Rivers hit on the pass by Zadarius Smith. It is ruled a fumble on the play, and it has returned 71 yards for a touchdown. Colts Nation is livid at this point. But a closer look at the play shows that Rivers was hit. His arm was clearly moving forward with the ball. The play would be overturned, but the incomplete pass still stops the clock. Indianapolis punts now. It's down at the six-yard line with a minute, 25 seconds left. Packers have one timeout, down by three, and Aaron Rodgers does what Aaron Rodgers does. He takes Green Bay 86 yards and 10 plays to Indy's eight-yard line. The Packers would tie the game on a field goal as time expires, and we're headed into overtime. Mike, how did we get here? Again, you don't finish the game. Uh, at the very least, you 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 run a, at worst. You've got to make them use their timeouts, yeah. which is that. That's why the, the the passes were just crazy. Now, if you want to throw a, 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 a no doubt completion pass, whatever, as long as the clock runs. But I, I I'm guessing they just want to try to be aggressive. But when on the long yardage one, j- just run the ball, make them use their timeout. But the game should have been over. There was a game early in the year. I don't know who it was at Chicago, where they 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 had the ball at the end and they really milked the clock and, and they ran the game out. And that, if you're a really quality offense offensive line, in this game they weren't. The offensive line didn't play well. You close the game out, but they they did so much to lose this game. And how many Colts fans thought that this game was would even get to overtime because Rodgers is that good and he's throwing in the end zone uh at the end at the end of regulation so the Colts really dodged a bullet and and then it seems worse because not only are you going overtime Aaron Rodgers gets the ball yeah the the coin toss would go in Green Bay's fact favor they would start with the ball I mean I, I just remember sitting there in my living room I had two stories I, I basically had the Colts post-game at least initial story written of the Colts winning the game and then all those holding calls and Rodgers getting the ball back. I cannot describe the feeling of, oh, my God, I'm going to have to now turn around and write a Colts losing story to get this out right away. How did this happen? But thankfully, that's not what happened. In overtime, Packers now the second play of their drive. Valdez Scandling trying to make something happen after the catch has the ball punched out by rookie safety Julian Blackman. It's recovered by Big DeForest Buckner, and the Colts have a first down at Green Bay's 29-yard line. Huge play for the rookie who had five tackles on the game. Name a better defensive rookie this year. I can't do it. Indianapolis gains eight yards on three Jonathan Taylor runs. Blankenship hit the field goal from 39 yards out, and there's a celebration in Indianapolis, an absolute thriller. After the game, Jim Mersey called it, quote, one of the most exciting victories we've ever had at home. And I can't argue with that, Mike. That's about as thrilling as it gets. Well, I, I would argue with that. I mean, he's caught up in the moment. But I think about the last time Green Bay was here, and it was the, they're down 21-3. to three. It was a game without Chuck Pagano, and Reggie Wayne just goes off. And, and they beat him when it was 30-27. 
or the, the Kansas City playoff game where we were down 30 to 10, but, and they won. But I understand what he's saying uh, against a quality opponent. The Packers were the, were the number one seed in the, in the NFC. This is a quality team. And you can say where the Colts let things go. Well, so Green Bay. I think when you when you have two really good teams playing, strange things happen, but you you make your breaks. You you force the the, the fumble on the kickoff. You force the fumble on the bubble screen that Blackman did, and you overcome your mistakes. And and here we are looking. You know, we'll talk about it Thursday. But all of a sudden, the Colts are looking at uh, that, that Sunday game with Tennessee with so much on the line. So much on the line, and you know we kind of talked about this stretch with. Baltimore, Tennessee twice, and Green Bay. Well, they've won two out of the three so far, and if they can win three out of the four against Tennessee on Sunday, that would go a long, long way in winning the division and securing a playoff spot. Uh, takeaways after the game, like we said, the Colts did their best to give the game away. Six penalties on the final drive, five holding calls, never seen anything like it. Never knew how important Braden Smith was to offensive execution uh, at least in the penalty department. After the game, Frank Wright said, I'm disappointed that we didn't put it away. We've got to do a better job. This is on me. It's elementary football when you're in that mode. you got to keep your hands inside. Uh, I get it that the coach trying to put the blame on him, but the blame was really on the players. There's no one else who's responsible for holding except for you on a certain play. Uh, I saw our own uh, Chris Hagan had a pretty good tweet. He says, I've often heard it said, that you could call holding on every play. The refs really <laughs> tried to do it in this one and <laughs> see what happened there. Um, I mean, I, I think this is something the Colts will get cleaned up. I think this was really an aberration, uh, a rarity in Indianapolis. I don't worry too much about this going forward, but they were sure lucky to overcome it. Yeah, I was, I was trying to see what it was. They had uh, the penalties. It was, uh, let me look here real quick. The Colts had penalties for 116 yards. That's just crazy. You, you just that some teams do that every week. The Colts aren't one of them. So, uh, penalties have been an issue. I think Quentin Nelson's had three or four now. Whether they're 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 just targeting him more, I don't know. But uh, you you can't make a living off of sabotaging uh, those kind of drives. Uh, but I think I agree with. You. That was an aberration, and they will get that cleaned up. Something that uh, also impressed me from this game, Philip Rivers matched Aaron Rodgers in the quarterback duel. Rivers finished 24 of 36 for 288 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and that came on a you know pass that was tipped at the line of scrimmage. Not really a poor decision. Um, Rodgers finished 27 of 38 for 311 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and a lot of those yards wouldn't have even had been there had the Colts run the clock out at the end of the game. Um, according to ESPN stats, Rogers is 95 and two in his career against the rest of the NFL when holding a lead of at least 14 points. So pretty impressive comeback for the Colts there. Uh, Rogers is now one and two against the Colts. And Mike, like you stated, the last time he visited an Indy, um, the Colts came back with Reggie Wayne and Andrew Luck to win. 30 to 27 after being down 21 to three. Another huge Colt takeaway is got to believe at this point, the Colts have the best defense in the NFL. Um, I'm sure you could argue it, but they're definitely on anyone's top three. 
Uh, they allowed just three points in the second half. They had two three and outs and allowed just 15 yards in the third quarter. They forced four total turnovers. I get one of them was on special teams. Uh, one of them was the center quarterback exchange. Maybe they didn't force that turnover, but they jumped on it, jumped on the opportunity. Justin Houston had a sack on Rodgers. Kenny Moore had 10 tackles, had a lot of tight coverage in that game. Uh, there were several times where Rodgers wanted to go to Adams and Moore was covering him in the slot. I remember specifically in the end zone late in the game. Uh, so Kenny Moore had a great game. Julian Blackman continues his great play in his campaign for defensive rookie of the year. Mike, this defense, even, you know, Kamoko Torrey was, was active in that game. He didn't really make an impact. If he could join in the mix, this defense is scary down the stretch. Yeah, and they never let Green Bay get their running game going. With Aaron Jones, what they were, 18 carries, 66 yards. The defense is playing championship level. Again, they've played three quality teams uh, the last three weeks. One thing, let's not forget, you mentioned all the other players. Jonathan Taylor, they really established him in, in the second half. Uh, what was it, four, five or six plays on that opening drive was him. He had uh, seven carries for 18 yards first half, 15 for 72 in the second half. So they really stuck with him. And I, we've talked, if I'm a fantasy guy, good luck trying to figure out which of the Colts running backs to go with because they're not giving you any help at all on, on who they're going to ride from game to game. <laughs> no, it was funny. I saw a report before the game that like this was Naheem Hines' week. They were going to ride Hines and they're going to give him the most carries. That didn't happen at all. Naheem Hines, uh, let me take a look at the box score here. Didn't finish with a lot. He had just six carries for two yards. Really not effective on the ground. He did pitch in three catches for 31, but this was Taylor's day. I mean, in all, 22 carries, 90 yards, pitched in another four catches uh, for about 20-some yards there. It was his most yards and carries since week two against the Vikings. So good to see the rookie Jonathan Taylor get on track. We had already mentioned the rookie Julian Blackman. And the Colts' other rookie, Michael Pittman Jr., for the third week in a row, led the Colts in receiving yards. He had the 45-yard uh, touchdown reception on that catch and run, which is exactly the type of quote unquote explosive play that the Colts uh, envisioned when they drafted him. It appears that Indianapolis had a good one in Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, you got to feel encouraged about him, not only for the rest of the season, but for his career for that young player. Um, Colts rookies were huge in this game. Um, let's see, last takeaway I have here. Colts getting some use out of Jacoby Brissett. He was on the field for seven plays, including two big first down conversions. Uh, he had the quarterback sneak on fourth and one where he looked like he took it about 10 yards. Um, they ended up marking him back. I think it was technically a four-yard gain on fourth and one. Uh, after the game, Brissett said, quote, whatever that role may be, whether it's 60 plays or whether it's two plays, that goal is always to make them count. So Brissett being a real team player, and, um, you know, having an impact on the team, even though he's not a starter. Mike, any other takeaways in this one? No, again, this was, you're talking about statement games. This is another one. Because, again, I, I think nationally, everyone looks at the Packers and New Orleans and Kansas City and Pittsburgh. And, and I think the culture sort of get us. You know, seven and three, that's their best start since 2013, which is hard to believe. Uh, and we'll get into it Thursday, but again, 
what they could do on Sunday against Tennessee, they certainly won't clinch anything. But to get the, the leg up, two legs up on, on the Titans in the division would be huge going into December. Uh, all this does, it in position to do something. And now you have to take advantage of it. They're in position to do something. Mike, you know, the la- last week we I asked you about your confidence level after they beat Tennessee. They passed the second big test here on Sunday. How's your confidence level with this team? after now two big wins? I'm still week to week. I'm still <laughs> week to week. I, 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 again, I, I, I totally trust the defense, although they gave up some big plays, which Rodgers does. The offense is starting to win me over. It is because I think Rivers is playing really well. And I remember writing a story after the Cleveland game. I talked to Dan Orlovsky, and he was lobbying that they got to make a change. You know, it's time to make if, – if now's not the time, then soon – and this is what they got Rivers here for. Make the handful of plays. Don't make mistakes. You know, the, and the interception yesterday was it was a pass. It wasn't on him, although he had a couple <laughs> late that he threw one in that last series uh, that was darn near intercepted. It was jumped, yeah. But, but as long as he takes care of the ball and does his job, this is going to be a tough out in the playoffs if they can get there. Absolutely. Colts have now won four of the last five games. Uh, I believe over that time frame, Rivers has 10 touchdown passes to just three interceptions. So he's really playing well uh, as of late. Injuries. We talked about Braden Smith. He missed a game after suffering the thumb injury in practice. No update yet on him. We hope to get an update soon for the Colts game on Sunday. Uh, Fingers crossed Smith can return and complete that offensive line once again. Uh, Rivers hurt his toe in this one and ended up missing a couple of plays. After the game, he said, quote, yeah, I'll be all right. I just got my big toe. I've never had a toe injury, anything with a toe. It'll probably be sore this week, but I anticipate being fine. Um, so it doesn't sound like too big of a deal for Rivers there. I mean, speed <laughs> really wasn't part the only, of his. Now, the, <laughs> only thing you wor- the only thing you worry about is, is and I, I don't know which foot it was, whether it's his left or his, his right. He, I, th- I thought he sort of looked at his left foot when he was talking to us. Sometimes they tip that off. But what you worry about is if you can't go through your mechanics right and it can't step or plan or whatever. It's funny, I remember back in the day when Marshall Falk was here and he had a he was a dislocated toe. And people wondered why. They, they saw him out golfing one day during this time. And they couldn't understand why you can do one thing, but you couldn't play football with a bad toe. Well, I mean, come on. You know, it's pretty important when you're running back and a quarterback. So uh, they'll do the rehab. Maybe he'll be limited to practice. I don't know. But uh, this guy started like a zillion games in a row. It's going to take more than a toe to keep him out of the game. Uh, agreed there. And then the last injury of note, Anthony Walker got hurt late in the game. Uh, no word on him. We will keep you updated on all of this throughout the week. Injuries, um, other news on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone once again. Um, And that'll about wrap it up here on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Uh, For me, I'm Joe Hopkins. You can follow me on Twitter at Roto Street Joe. Follow Mike on Twitter at MChapel51. The Colts are now preparing for a big home game this Sunday against the also 7-3 Tennessee Titans. We will be previewing that all-important matchup for you Wednesday on the Colts Blue Zone podcast, so we can get that out 
before Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm sure, you know, we're not going to be too good at talking about the Colts with a bunch of turkey in our mouths on Thanksgiving there. So look out for that on Wednesday. And for me, I'm Joe Hopkins. With me is Mike Chappell. Thanks for joining us, Colts fans, and we'll talk to you soon.